What newly signed slot receiver could experience a 2020 resurgence? Which young AFC tight end might crash the top five in the FFPC this season? And what unheralded running back won free agency for the second year in a row? Plus, the 2019 FFPC 500 number 18 dynasty winner Paul Lee joins the show tonight to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster's bounce back, A.J. Green's dynasty value, and the big three rookie running backs. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Everybody, if you got what it takes, cause I'm KRS and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about the new quarterbacks in Los Angeles and New England and how they're changing fantasy values for the skill guys on those teams. We'll take a look at how the tight ends finish in the FFPC in 2019 and talk to high stakes 500 dynasty number 18 fantasy football champ Paul Lee about how he put that team together and who he likes in rookie drafts this year. Shout out to the chat room right now. Post any questions you might have in there at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak is where to find us on Twitter. Facebook.com slash HSFF Hour, as well as 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA if you want to give us a buzz. Uh, HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is where to reach us. Chat room questions, tweets, and emails all coming up in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Dave, we're here. It's April. It's draft month. We are less than three weeks away from it. And I don't know exactly what the format's going to be, but I do know many of the rookie running backs and, and wide receivers and tight ends to a certain extent that we've talked about on these airways the last couple of months, they're going to have new homes, new NFL teams. It's a very exciting time to be a dynasty fantasy football player. Yeah, it's really heating up. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm starting my prep. Are you starting your, your draft prep now? Yeah. You, but that's not true because we've talked rookies I, already. Yeah, I know. I've been, I've been you know... Now, continue to read more and more and more, watching more film now. So my question is, um, are you going to be able to finish uh, the first thousand pages of the rookie scouting portfolio before the draft starts? That's the question. Highly unlikely. <laughs> it's more likely I could do, uh, you know, more likely I could do 2,400 push-ups in 12 hours. Like Jonathan, by the way, shout out to Jonathan Bales. He did that push-up challenge. 2,400 20, Push-ups in 24 hours? Is that what uh, it was? 2,400 in 12 hours. In 12 hours, okay. And I, 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 I will admit that I wasted about 90 minutes watching him do four push-ups every, like, 45 <laughs> seconds or so for the last 90 minutes or two hours. I want to see him do it. You know, was he really straining through it? Um, 
Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like he was. You know, he he kept on like he was you know farting around with his triceps and pectorals and stuff. So he would do like four at a time at the you know at the later pace. Yeah. And then he would sit up, and this uh, nice Asian young lady would put her. She had a pillow that she put behind his like butt and legs or whatever, and yeah. he would like sit back. He had a love sack there, and he would you know chill out for a while. And then he'd go back and do another four. Uh-huh. So I mean, it was smart because he didn't really build up lactic acid at all. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he did, he did, did a how, good job. How did he initially start it? How, what was he doing per hour? I, I, I didn't watch any of the early stuff, but it seemed like he had uh, quite a few done early. Let's say like 1,400 in the first five hours or mm. something like that. And I did see him. He had posted a video of how he did the first, like, early on. And he was doing like six at a time at that point. But he was. You'd do six, and then he would stop. Yeah. And then he'd come back and do like six and stop. I don't know how long the breaks were. Clearly not as long. And then I, I think he took a shower and whatever. I mean, you know, not watching the whole day or whatever. Did he, um, I wonder if this is a Guinness Book of World Record. No, the Guinness Book of World Records, I mean, it's almost unfathomable. The, okay. The real number. What's the real number? I don't know what it is offhand, and I can look it up while we're on the show. But okay. it's, it's something in the neighborhood of like 30,000 in 24 hours. Oh, my I mean, God. Some in, I mean, you, it, this... He did very well for a human. But yeah. Whoever else did, I mean, it's some insane number. Right. Yes. I, this I is interesting. At, yeah. I, I thought it was fascinating. I didn't know the Incredible Hulk was real, but apparently he is. I guess he had like a few. Originally, it was said he had two grand on it and he won, but I guess it was up to 17000 or whatever. But apparently, there was like a million dollars in bets overall placed on this thing. Yeah. Uh, with the very sports book and stuff. So I, I think that's oh, great. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, so good for him. Well, we all need a distraction. We're all looking for, uh, you know, a mental break from everything that uh, we're going through day to day. By the way, the only other thing I've seen that's been interesting in sports, did you see there was a Twitter, uh, it was a two-minute video of a marble race? No. Some guy was, oh, I did see yeah, that, yeah. Was calling marble race? Yeah. That was, that was worth two minutes. There was, uh, <laughs> kind of funny. I saw a thing today about a cat goalie. Um <laughs> These uh, these guys were kicking a mini soccer ball in the hallway of their house, and their cat was stoning. I mean, they're they're really? kicking the cat, it pretty hard, and the cat was slamming them down. It. Yeah, it was pretty good. Cat's reaction time, pretty good. Yeah, and, well, and the power. I mean, to knock the ball down too. Was he wasn't just deflecting it. He was nice. swallowing it up. That there was you go. pretty entertaining. And that's the state of sports. Let's get to some interesting <laughs> stuff, ladies and gentlemen. I, I want to remind. You know, well, I mean, interesting <laughs> fantasy football stuff. I want to remind everybody, Best Ball Slim Leagues as well as Best Ball Classics available at myffpc.com. Those are fail, uh, filling every day. 60-second, two-hour, and six-hour timers on though uh, on those. Don't forget about the FFPC main event early bird. Uh, sign up for those uh, and get your discount right now. Dynasty Startups launching this weekend again. Not just launching. Continue to launch this weekend. We're going to have more of those available. And the uh, high-stakes lowdown was new this week with Doug Widener, a guy who won three FFPC Dynasty Leagues, former guest of this show, won three Dynasty Leagues last year, as well as a main event league and a football guys league. So very well-versed and uh, good uh, Dynasty talk, good rookie stuff on there. Uh, he talk about trade values for, for a lot of guys and who he likes this season, including one rookie receiver that really stood out. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. got to listen to it, and he'll tell you why he likes him as well. And uh, by the way, not any surprise, he converted me into being a believer in that receiver by the end of the podcast as well. I'm easily swayed, as we all know. Never uh, noticed. So that's Doug Widener, rotoviz.com slash podcast. All right, thanks to Roto, uh, Roto World, Football Guys, and Rob for tonight's rundown. By the way, producer, mutual friend Rob uh, Bryce is the audio engineer tonight. Um, Bears general manager Ryan Pace said this week that there will be an open competition at quarterback between Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. The Bears uh, themselves actually tweeted this out. So Matt Nagy, the head coach, said, when we walk out on the first day, whenever it is, whether it's OTAs or whether it's training camp, Mitch will be going first in the huddle 
but it's going to be equal to Foles. There will be equal reps with similar players against similar players. Uh, Pace and uh, Nagy, neither one said whether they would pick up Trubisky's fifth-year option. Um, and Nick Foles, Dave, if you're, uh, if you're aware of the Bears coaching staffs, uh, their quarterback's coach, Foles, was a quarterback under John DiFilippo. Uh, their offensive coordinator, he played for Bill Razor with the Eagles, and then Matt Nagy, he was with with both Philadelphia and Kansas City. All three of these guys know Foles. I don't see any way Mitchell Trubisky is the starting quarterback for the Bears. Now that we know that it's Foles, are you upgrading any of the Bears' pass catchers, namely a dude who's been falling in drafts in Allen Robinson? Oh, so you think that Ryan Pace is totally lying, and it's a stacked deck against Trubisky. That is correct. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh... Yeah, you know, I, I, I like Allen Robinson. I, I think he's a good talent. Uh, he had a really fine year last year, even with, you know, Trubisky didn't have a great year. Right. But Allen Robinson was, I, was, I watched a lot of Bears games, you know, so he was open all the time. Right. He was, they would keep trying to stop him. And the one thing about Trubisky, he did always look for him. He, he threw a lot of passes to Allen Robinson. So I don't know. I don't know if I'd upgrade him that much. But, I mean, I, I love Allen Robinson. Even from a dynasty perspective, he's still in the, kind of the prime of his career. Um, I, I like the guy a lot. I'd like to think that the Bears are probably going to get a receiver on day one or day two in the draft. I'm not a believer in any of their tight ends, including the corpse of Jimmy Grand that somehow got $9 million guaranteed. Uh, yeah, speaking of that, Ryan Peace guaranteed Ryan Pace should be fired. I yeah, mean, I don't. How, how do you hire? How do you, how do you sign? Which is worse, the Jimmy Graham signing or the uh, Randall Cobb signing? Um, boy, that's I'm going to say Graham because Cobb showed that he had some juice last year at Dallas. Yeah. Graham showed nothing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a – this is terrible. I Although it's a lot more, a lot more committed money to Randall Cobb too. So I don't, I don't understand how you. By the way, I drafted I him on Wednesday. <laughs> in your Kentucky. Not not Graham, but Cobb. Yeah, in one of the Kentucky what, uh, what best round seventeenth. It was super. I think it was later than that. It, yeah. He was like my sixth or seventh receiver. Balky played in the Kentucky thirty nine dollars. Oh yeah, you know it. It was a blast. I had a good you time. Know, I'm a little bit peeved at Farrell. Yeah. Because we offered thirty five dollars. Right, you're undercutting Farrell. No, well we were we had ours out earlier. First of all. Right. So. You know, like RT Sports, I think has twenty nine dollar leagues. So ours are thirty five, higher end, right? We're we're Nordstrom. They're like Macy's or JC Penney's or whatever. What is Farrell supposed to be? Neiman Marcus with thirty nine dollar leagues? I don't really care yeah. for him going over us. Yeah. Sorry. All right. There's my little. Oh, it was thing yeah. about that. It's, it's not cool for him to go above us on the. Price. You know, I commission these FFPC drafts, and it's like hopping, you know, in a Miata. But I was driving the Rolls Phantom <laughs> on Wednesday night with Kentucky. That was a blast. Hey, I love my Miata. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, <laughs> co- they covered the, uh, the draft on the Kentucky podcast, too. I'm in the middle of listening to that. Oh, it was entertaining, as always. Uh, but in any event, um, I actually like Allen Robinson quite a bit this year, Dave. I know there's, there's a lot of people that, that are sort of jumping on the Anthony Miller bandwagon because he came on late last year. Uh, but I think it's Robinson and then a rookie, and I'm really not interested in any other Bears. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of Anthony Miller's talent, and he hasn't shown me really much of anything to, to disprove that. So I'm going to stick with that narrative. Keep keep with that. All right, moving on. The Chiefs have restructured Sammy Watkins' contract. Therese Paler on Twitter had this report. He was going to be the largest cap hit in the NFL among receivers this year at $21 million. But the, with the restructure, he gets uh, $9 million in base salary with a chance to reach $16 million in additional incentives. And if you know Watkins, you know he's not sniffing. 16 million in incentives this year. It actually, Dave, I don't know if you knew this, but at one point uh, within the last week or two, Kansas City Chiefs were $144 under 
the cap. That's hilarious. Unbelievable. Uh, it create, this created $5 million in savings for the Chiefs, and uh, it, it looks like he's going to be in the slot again this year for Kansas City, at least uh, for 2020. This, I, I think, causes McCall Hardman's development to take a little bit of a back seat. And, you know, Demarcus Robinson, they also signed to a one-year deal there. Are you liking Watkins this year, Dave? Because I can't remember, quite frankly, when he's been cheaper uh, in drafts. He is currently going at the 1804 of best balls, wide receiver 63. That's sure to go up now that we know where he's going to be. But I don't know how much. You know, in that, in that area, I don't think that's very expensive for Sammy Watt. I mean, he does have a pretty slim chance, but he has a chance to kind of kind of reemerge. And you never, you just never know. Tyreek Hill... He could get injured. Something happens. I mean, he's a speed guy. He could have a hamstring issue. Travis Kelsey is not a young guy. Uh, so Watkins could emerge in, in, in the 17th round. When you have Mahomes throwing the ball, yep. I, I think it's worth a stab at Sammy Watt. Even Let's just say at least 18th round, leads to 16th round. I still think that's a pretty pretty nice spot to take Sammy Watkins. Uh, by the way, good job by his agent, too. I mean, that I always think it's funny when players refuse to renegotiate when their contracts are completely just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That was smart. You know, he's, he, Now he's getting money again. It's great. Um, McCole Hardman, Dave, I, I, if this is really surprising to me, he was actually going in the 10th round Demarcus Robinson in the 24th Watkins in the 18th. And I think the reason for that, this is over the last seven days in FFPC best ball. It's because Robinson was a free agent and Watkins obviously was going to be a cut candidate. I mean, there's no way I'm sniffing McCole Hardman in the 10th anymore, but which one do you like better as far as Watkins in the 18th or Demarcus Robinson in the 24th? for the Chiefs' number two receiver. Right, yeah, I would take Sammy Watkins then. Okay. I mean, because Robinson had a few good games, but I think he kind of fell off after that. Not a pedigree guy either, like Mr. Fourth Overall Pick, Sammy Watkins. That's true. Uh, let's talk about the Tennessee Titans, because Derrick Henry made waves this week when he signed his $10.2 million franchise tag. Uh, Adam Schefter reported that the two sides are committed to working out a long-term extension before mid-July. And uh, you look at Derrick Henry, this is a guy that I wasn't, on board with drafting for most of his career. Um, a lot of people say he's game script dependent. Not necessarily true. He had 16 touches in every single game for Tennessee last year. And you remember this too. Uh, the Titans um, let Deion Lewis go to free agency. He signed with somebody and I can't remember who now it's, it's not. Um, <laughs> I forgot to even though it, we it, talked about. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, I can't remember who it was, but he, it's not with Tennessee. And if they uh, don't, the Giants, Oh, that's who it was. Yeah, the New York Giants. If they if they don't add like a, another you know um, potential third down pass catcher, you're looking at Derrick Henry being a three down guy, and he averaged 10.1 yards per catch over the course of his career. Dave, um, going at uh, 108 on average as the sixth running back off the board. I, I mean, it's so it's so funny because Joe Mixon goes right after him. And to me, I think that's a significant drop-off between those two players. Yeah, you have a better team, better quarterback. You're not going to have a rookie quarterback. And a player who was the number three running back last year, I'm, I'm on board with, with Henry. I, I'm not as confident. I mean, they're going to grab some other running back that's going to be a pass-catching back, probably maybe in the draft. There's a, well, there's not much else in free agency left. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about Henry in the eighth. Okay. You know, people always complain slash bitch about the eight pick or nine pick or whatever. <laughs> right. You, know, you take Derrick Henry. What's wrong with that? Stop complaining. Yeah. It's a good pick. Uh, and, and where did he go last year in drafts? Uh, I mean, like he wasn't third? going in the, yeah, wasn't going in the first round. Third so round, something like that. I guess that's, that's neither here nor there. So that's where we're at with uh, Derrick Henry officially signing his franchise tag. Uh, no potential uh, um, possibility of a holdup. 
Uh, we have Paul Lee coming up, the 500 number 18 uh, dynasty champ, will be with us shortly. The last thing I want to get to before we talk to him is Gilbert Manzano's tweet about uh, what, what Anthony Lynn had to say about Tyrod Taylor, saying he's in the driver's seat to start this season, but nothing is finalized. Um, they could have added Cam Newton. They have not. Uh, they could have added. They could have traded for Andy Dalton. They have not. Jameis Winston was out there. They didn't add him. Uh, okay, so Anthony Lynn was – I can't remember if he was the OC or if he was the head coach of Buffalo back in 2016 when Tyrod Taylor was a starting quarterback, and they led the league in rushing yards. Um, you have – a guy who has a lot of experience, who put up good fantasy numbers, uh, by the way, when, when he was a starter uh, in Tyrod Taylor. Are you convinced that Tyrod Taylor is the guy? And if so, how is that affecting you drafting Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen and some of those Chargers pass catchers? We'll skip Mike Williams because I think you're avoiding him. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's nerve-wracking, to be honest, if you have those players, if you have them in Dynasty, if you have Keenan Allen. Um, it's very concerning, actually, because he's just if they try and run this offense – and try and imitate Baltimore, where Tyrod Taylor, which would be great for Tyrod Taylor, makes him a value in best ball leagues if he actually is a starter. All of a sudden, becomes a viable QB2. However, if they throw for 2,800 yards while he runs for 1,000, what does that do for Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry? They, their values go right in the toilet, actually. So that, that's a problem. I think it is. I'm, I'm really, I am surprised, honestly, though, that you know Winston's still out there. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I mean, I know Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam, out Cam's out. You know, Cam's out there. He looks like he's in good shape and he's you know hungry. I know that these guys aren't perfect players, but they're darn good quarterbacks. Part of the problem might be that they're still looking for big money. Maybe the longer you wait, the more uh, the more they get the Belichick offers of like, hey, I'm, you know, four million yeah. for a year, yep. or eight million or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, it's for a quarterback. They got to sign him for more than that, wouldn't you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably. I mean, if they're ilk, maybe they're uh, just getting ready for XFL in 2021. You never know. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know what to believe. I do know that I do believe we're going to welcome in our guest uh, for the night, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is his eighth year playing in the FFPC. He has four dynasty teams along with some best ball teams so far already uh, for the upcoming season. Uh, over the course of his career, two dynasty championships under his belt, a football guys league title, a main event season sweep. He's here to talk specifically about his 500 uh, number 18 dynasty title in the FFPC last year. Please welcome in Paul Lee. Paul, thanks for popping on with us this week, man. Okay, thanks for having thanks for having me on, guys. Are you uh, are you staying safe? Are you staying inside? Is this like your outlet to the outside world tonight here on on this gorgeous Friday? <laughs> yeah, definitely staying safe. Being all that, getting out and golfing. That's about the one thing I do get out and do. Try to stay safe, get some exercise and stuff like that. How about you guys? Well, you know what the golf Dave and I are not golfers, but you know what I found out today, Dave. You that- know why I'm not a golfer is because none of my freaking friends golf. <laughs> uh, if any of you guys would golf, <laughs> the I real, would go golfing. The real Roy golfs. You no, he doesn't. Yes, he, he does. He, 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 he works shift work. He, he right. shift switches every week. All right, so it's not. It's, hey, do you want to shoot the you know the twilight seven p.m. to nine p.m. like nine with, holes with the neon yellow ball? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I got to work at ten. Um, no, so, sorry, Paul. We will interview you eventually. No, but after Paul, this is what I was going to say. <laughs> no is I found out today that Wisconsin and Michigan are the only states in the lower forty-eight that have the golf courses closed right now for uh, uh, physical distancing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Golf is. is like the perfect sport for this. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Paul, we're going to get into fantasy football here shortly. Can you tell us, uh, before we get into that, what you do for a living? So I'm an estimator for mechanical contractor down Cincinnati, Ohio. So I've been to all the public jobs and hospitals and all that stuff. 
Are you Paul? Are you a Bengals fan then? No, I'm a Steelers fan. Oh, Steelers. Okay, Steeler yeah. Nation representing yeah. here tonight. It's 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 uh, yes, uh it's it it's um prevalent all throughout the country, Dave. Everybody's a Steelers fan. Well, you know, the uniforms are cool. The team's done great. I, yeah, I, I like the Steelers, six, too. Six titles? Six Super yeah, Bowl titles? Is that I, what it is? Yeah. It's, it's a lot. No problemo. Uh, speaking of champions, uh, let's talk about fantasy a little bit. You had Mike Jasicki came in late uh, in your 518 championship team. Uh, you know, he, he had a bad rookie year, but he really, he really looked pretty good. I, I, I didn't really care for him that much, but he looked really great last year. What do you think of him now? This is his third year, right, folks? Yeah, third year. What do you think? Third year, yeah, well, I guess, continuing the breakout, uh, Paul? I, I think so. I mean, he finished 12th last year. Last five weeks, he finished sixth and tied in fantasy points. So I think he's going to keep it going. Finish right, somewhere in between there, around six or 12, low end, tight end one. I'm just looking. Uh, I wanted to <clears> – <throat> to see where he is, where how FFPC players are treating him as far as best ball goes. And he actually is going as the 13th tight end off the board uh, late in the eighth round, um, right behind Noah Font and uh, Dallas Godert and, uh, Goddard and then uh, right in front of TJ Hawkinson and OJ Howard. A lot to like with Gesicki and the way that he came on last year. I'm, I'm with you. I think that he continues to blossom. He continues to uh, uh, become more of a playmaker down there. He was a superior athlete coming uh, out of college, and I think he just needed to learn how to be a little bit better of a football player. And he, to me, I, you know, he definitely passes the eye test. Uh, Paul, for the most part in this league last year, you won in spite of Juju Smith-Schuster's tw- uh, 2019 performance. What are the chances he bounces back this year with a, you know, seemingly, as far as we can tell, for the most part, healthy Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, I say if Big Ben's healthy, he'll get back to where he was 2018-ish. Around the top ten receiver, I don't see any issues with that. As long as he's healthy, that's a big question now. Dave, are you with me on? Are are you with uh, with uh, Paul on the um, on the Juju Smith Schuster bounce back? Are you a believer? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I know that Ben got lost, but you know, losing Antonio Brown is a big thing because he was, you know, Juju was in the slot for so much, and Brown was drawing so much coverage. Are Deontay Johnson is he going to draw that coverage? That's not, yeah, he's not. But I mean, is that's Washington going to draw that coverage? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I'm not quite – I don't know. I'm not quite as high maybe as you guys are, but I still like him a lot. I have him in a lot of dynasty leagues. Wide receiver 13 is how FF – and this is best ball over the last week. Wide receiver 13 in the mid-fourth round. So he's still being drafted as a, as a fringe uh, wide receiver one. Uh, and certainly uh, you would think he's on the upswing, Dave, of, uh, of his career and, and certainly has the potential to, to have a big season with, uh, with Big Ben again this year. So speaking of big seasons, is there any players that you were forced to cut, Paul, that you think are going to have a big season and you're kind of annoyed at our terrible, you know, roster rules here in <laughs> Dynasty? And, and I know you're – one thing, you know, we appreciate your loyalty and also that you always keep a kicker in defense so I don't have to go in and, you know, email you and complain about, you know, how you didn't keep him. So anyone you had to cut that you're really uh, regretting? I don't know about regretting, but the tough one was Perriman, Rashad Perriman. It's between him and Curtis Samuel, so – you can kind of see him do something with the Jets, but Adam Gase scares me a little bit there too. So that's kind of why I went with Samuel on that. Yeah, I. The thing is with Perriman, this is like the the last two years. I want to say he basically did nothing for the first two thirds of the season, and then came on like gangbusters. And so for anybody who saw what he did in 2018 and drafted him somewhat high in 19. 
they were disappointed because for the majority of the season, he, he was nowhere to be found. Now, they lose Robbie Anderson. He goes to Carolina. Uh, they, they still have Jamison Crowder there. You'd like to think Sam Darnold gets a little bit better at spreading the ball around. I think that they're going to draft a receiver early. Um, but Perriman, I don't know. I'm just I, – I know what he did last year, uh, Paul, but I, I don't – if it was down be, between Perriman, a guy who I was ready to write off as a bust that, that would never see the field again, and Samuel, a guy who, you know, obviously was a big hype guy last year who I, I think is an ascending talent. I'm definitely keeping Samuel over Bashad Perriman. I think he made the right call uh, there, but time will tell. We'll see. We're talking with uh, 2019 FFPC 500 number 18 dynasty champ Paul Lee here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour uh, tonight. Let's, uh, let's talk about Tampa. Uh, because this is interesting, speaking of stuff that's happened two years in a row now. Uh, the Buccaneers did not sign a running back in free agency, and this year they let Peyton Barber sign with Washington. Uh, as I mean, they have like 15 guys in their backfield in Washington now. Does Ronald Jones make for a nice dynasty buy, or is it, all, is it a foregone conclusion that Tampa's going to be selecting a, a new running back on day one or day two uh, to go with uh, Tom Terrific in that backfield? Yeah, I think Bruce Arians going to get his running back somewhere second, third round this draft. He'll probably still have Jones, but I think he'll be gone by the end of this year. Yeah, Dave and I were actually talking um, this week about um, Ronald Jones um, trading him in Dynasty because I've, I've been trying to do it. You know, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, hold, I'm holding, you know, those cartoon bombs that are shaped, they look like a bowling ball and the fuse is, is slowly burning. I feel yeah. like I'm holding that, the Ronald Jones bomb right now. And I'm it's like five versus yep. five. Yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show us how old we are. Right. Well, I, and I'm like the black spy and I'm trying to toss it to the white spy in, in exchange for like a second round pick before the bomb goes off. And the bomb I think is going to be scheduled to be going off uh, in the NFL draft. Like you said, now it didn't happen last year and that really shocked me. And then Jones, I don't want to say he underwhelmed last year. I think he finished as a, as a top 25 running back, so he wasn't terrible. In fact, he came on quite a bit at the end of last season. But Dave was telling me about what he was going for in some of these FFPC dynasty leagues. I'm like, my God, i got to send out some offers. And uh, in the one league I owned him in, I sent out like five offers. One of them got rejected. Then I sent another offer to that same guy. It got rejected. And then, as you might expect, the other four guys never replied to me. So I still have Ronald Jones. I feel, I feel like I need to get some... So I, what about a? Uh, I, I need to get. I need to get into a. It. I need to get into a bombproof shelter right now. Dude, maybe maybe start offering them for twenty twenty one seconds. Okay, that's, like, that's but, pretty but, cheap. But that's I, getting cheap. Right? But I did do Paul, that. What do you think about twenty twenty one seconds? Is that what do you what do you, what side are you on in that one? I wouldn't give up my twenty twenty one second for him, personally. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think because I sent out a few packages and they included some of them included twenty twenty one second round picks for people who had already traded away their 20, 20 seconds this year. That's the way it ended up working out. Um, I know you are not a, uh, a Bengals fan, but uh, Dave has a Bengals question for you, Paul, regarding uh, one of their longtime uh, stalwarts on that franchise. Yeah, so speaking of rookie picks, let's talk. Um, A.J. Green, what would it take? Okay, I like to do this in two different parts. So, how, uh, so if you own A.J. Green, and so when you were, uh, someone made you an offer, what would you accept for a 2020 pick? And then if, let's say a 2021 pick as a separate offer from someone else. 2020, I probably mean, I probably wouldn't go any lower than a second round. The chances of him being healthy and if he gets Burrow, I think he could have a 
real big season, especially if you're competing for a championship this year. To rebuild it yeah. may be a little different story. Yeah, I mean, you kind of got to um, have clarity on where your team is going, but that does make sense. You know, if the thing is, I just I'm kind of done with thinking AJ Green is is going to stay healthy. Um, it just it just doesn't seem yeah. to be in the cards, and and he's getting up there in age too, where. And his body's undergone so many injuries that it's just it's t- difficult for me uh, to see him bounce back as well as stay healthy for an entire season. Uh, so that might be a, a, a bomb with the uh, the fuse much closer uh, to going off. Um, all these bomb analogies tonight. We got to move past it. All right, uh, we're, we're talking with uh, we're talking with uh, Paul Lee, the winner of the 500 Dynasty League number 18 in the FFPC last year. Uh, let's talk about some rookies here, and I want to lead things off with uh, Alabama receiver Henry Ruggs. This was actually pretty contentious on draft Twitter or draft fantasy Twitter uh, a month or so ago about how he, he was a very polarizing subject. A lot of guys out there, a lot of analysts said that he's just, he's basically a speed merchant and that's, that's all he is. He's not a receiver. He's just a fast guy. And then there's tons of pushback against that. Well, look at the film. Look what he did here. Look what he did here. I'm curious uh, to how you think Henry Ruggs' skills are going to translate to the NFL. Is he simply just going to top out as a deep threat, or is he going to be something more than that? Depends where he goes. I think he has the skills to be full set receiver, but it kind of depends on if he goes. He goes somewhere like, not Kansas City, but uses him like Tyreek Hill. He could, he could have a huge career. Yeah, I, I, I see. I, I'm totally no biased. <laughs> I, I, and I'm and I'm biased when it comes to him. I think I said this on the show before because he was. It looked like he was when he was coming out of high school. It looked like he was going to sign with Florida State, and I love Florida State. I'm a huge Florida State fan. And then he spurned him to go to Nick Saban at Alabama, which just totally frustrated me. So I've always hated him maybe, ever maybe since. He, maybe he couldn't get into Florida State. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> right. It's pra- yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. By the way. Dr. Myron Roll, <laughs> former All-American safety at Florida State, you is on the front that. lines fighting the coronavirus right now. A former Rhodes Scholar, Dave, who went yeah. to Florida State and played football there. I'm so sure you didn't I don't know how that. many Rhodes Scholars <laughs> attended Alabama, but I'll tell you that there's the Rhodes one that's of these. That's what legends are, Florida State. Right. That's exactly right. What do you, do you, have you done enough research on Henry Ruggs to offer any commentary on him as, as yeah, far as... Yeah, you know what? I don't think he's just going to be a speed guy. I think, think he's going to yeah, be good. Yeah, I think he'll actually be pretty legitimately decent. Okay. I, I think that... Uh, you know, Paul makes a good point. If they only, you know, send him on nine routes, that's, you know, that's not, that's not very good. But uh, I think he's talented enough that he's not – I think he's – I think fast is definitely one of his assets, but I think that's not the only one. The other thing to keep in mind, too, and, and certainly we, we've seen speed guys drafted in round one before that never materialized, but you'd like to think that a team that's forward-thinking enough to draft a guy like him in the first round is going to utilize him and not just – hey, we're going to spend this premium pick on a guy we just want flying down the field. I don't think many teams operate that way. Maybe Houston. I don't know. Yeah, when you, when you look at how you see Kansas City with, with Tyreek Hill makes is an easy comparison, but other NFL teams love to emulate. You look at how they use Tyreek Hill no. and how Steve Smith got used way back when. It's like, all right, do a one-yard route and everybody go block when you're running trips right or something like yeah. that. That's an easy play to gain seven to nine yards almost every time with those fast players. Um, speaking of seven to nine yards, I think the next three guys that, that you're going to ask Paul about, that, that was, it had to be pretty near their yards per carry, the way that they crushed uh, college football uh, <laughs> rushing record at, at their respective schools, Dave. All right, so we got – these are the top three running backs per the uh, whatever. Something it, right. I mean, kind of the general consensus. Yeah, general consensus. 
Jonathan Taylor yeah. of the great school of Wisconsin, uh, J.K. Dobbins, and DeAndre Swift. Do you have a favorite, and uh, and why? Right now, leading the way, he's got to be Jonathan Taylor. Just after the combine and everything he's done in college, the way he's performed, he's got to be there right now until we see where everybody gets drafted, for me. Yeah, I... I, I I've had a problem with Wisconsin running backs, you know, basically um, pre-Melvin <laughs> pre Gordon. I was not, you know, they just didn't really no. have the greatest Ron Dane didn't do it for you? No, Ron Dane did not do it for me. <laughs> Neither did Terrell Fletcher, Brent Moss, Monte Ball. They they were uh, – Monte Ball, the 4-6 Monte Ball. Yeah. They, they yeah. did not get – But <laughs> like cool four and you're in a 4-6. Right. But I'll say this, Melvin Gordon and James White turned into uh, two pretty good players uh, sure. in the NFL, and I think Taylor is probably better uh, than both those guys. So I, I hold out hope, but I, I also like DeAndre Swift. He's, he's, one of the, he's probably the best pass catcher of the three. Dobbins I'm still not sure about. Uh, but I, I think for me it's, it's probably Taylor and then Swift, but it's like 1A uh, and, and 1B there. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a question from Dave. I want to get to some questions from some of the listeners uh, here for you, Paul. This first one's from Tim in Boston. Uh, he writes, Hi, Paul. Is Philip Rivers an upgrade for the Colts skill position guys over Jacoby Brissett? Thank you. He's that an is, upgrade over Andrew Luck. That is Tim in Boston. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big time. So you, look at, you look at what Brissett did uh, for T.Y. Hilton and, and Paris Campbell and Doyle and, and Ebron and Marlon Mack last year. Uh, your thoughts on Rivers this year. Who, what what, fa- what uh, skill position guys should we be upgrading there now that we know Rivers is tossing the rock? Yeah, I say you definitely upgrade like Hilton. If Campbell can get healthy and get on the field, it should help Mac out getting out there. I know he's not catching the ball, but Himes might be pretty good since he likes to pepper his running backs like Eckler. So I think Rivers going there is really good for all of them. Dave, do you have any thoughts on, on Rivers' shot putting it to uh, to Hilton downfield? <laughs> yeah, I think he can launch a 19 to Yards still, I think he's all right. He'd still get it up there. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know Rivers didn't kill it last year. I think he's fine. He's a he's a professional quarterback. He's very prepared. He's spending a lot of times with his you know a lot of time with his thirteen kids right now with this <laughs> coronavirus going on. Yeah, but how, how does that work out? I mean, he doesn't he have to split his family up? No, no, they can't even hang up in the same kitchen. No, they can't. It's just he, uh, might, he might get like a pass. I don't know. I don't know. Girl. Together. Money can buy you a lot. I don't know if it buys you enough social distancing. All right, uh, final email here uh, for you, uh, Paul. Uh, Scott in San Diego. What's up, fellas? Do you view uh, Randall Cobb as underrated right now, or is he bound to disappoint for Houston? That is Scott in San Diego. Paul, what do you think about Cobb? Uh, they, you know, they trade Hopkins away, and then they give uh, Cobb that three-year, $27 million contract. It's basically him, uh, Will Fuller, and Kenny Stills there right now. Kiki Cutie. Uh, will be undoubtedly watching from the sidelines as he rehabs some sort of soft tissue leg injury. But you look at uh, Randall Cobb. Uh, what are your thoughts on him in 2020? Oh, Cobb, I haven't thought much about it, but he, uh, he'd he be down there still for me. I've got a feeling they'll be drafting a receiver at the second-round pick that they get, but he's going to probably put up some points, but it might be inconsistent out there. Never know what they're going to do. You might be the only healthy receiver on the team. Every week. Yeah, because I guess yeah. Stills, Stills battles stuff, too. I mean, not as bad yeah. as Fuller and, and QT, but God. they got to be drafting somebody, too, especially with that second-round pick they picked such up. Such a mess of crap over there. I mean, look at those. Walkie, list off those receivers again. Let's just walk through them for uh, Will Fuller, 
Make, like, like, like you're in, like the announcer. You're like your. No, I don't want to do. That's stupid. Oh, it's great. <laughs> uh, from USC, Will Fuller. Fuller. Where do you, you go to Notre Dame? Uh, Fuller went to USC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, All right, that was good enough. From <laughs> Oklahoma, Kenny Stills. Another bad one. And uh, Kiki QT. I can't remember where he went. And then um, Cobb. Cobb. I mean, that's. I mean, they. But, uh, but the point remains. They got to be drafting somebody on on day two. There's. I I can't see them giving up Hopkins and doing nothing for the line in front of Watson and, and you know, giving him nothing. Uh, unless they're going to split out David Johnson. That would be a good way to elongate his career. Yeah. Well, and, they got all those awesome tight ends too, right? Yeah. Warring. Cahill Warring is oh, down yeah. there. He, you know, I wonder how many push-ups he could do. Darren Fells. Cahill Warring has big pipes. I bet he could do a couple. Where did he go to school? Was he Hawaii or something like that? It was somewhere out west. I don't know. Maybe not that far away. <laughs> All right. In any event, uh, Paul's been very gracious with his time here. Dave, let's get to uh, one final question here for him. All right, Paul. So we need a rookie, since you're a dynasty expert, and we're going to call you that whether you like it or not. Uh, <laughs> we need a rookie that's going to be a bust in the NFL and a sleeper rookie to target in uh, the dynasty rookie drafts. And keep in mind, I haven't done my research, so I always use these for real drafts. So my bust would be KJ Hamler kind of running on that speed guy thing. He kind of reminds me of like a little Tavon Austin, maybe a little John Rochus there on the bust wise. And then the sleeper, yeah, I, I got Tyler. Yeah, and then Tyler Johnson's my one of my big sleepers. Hoping he's gonna be there in the third round in the rookie draft. He tore it up at Minnesota for four straight years and a great contested catch receiver. Yeah, Tyler Johnson, in Minnesota, I like that. And this, and by the way, this is you know we, we've heard Brian Edwards a lot on this program. We're, here, we're starting to hear a lot of Tyler Johnson as well as as far as sleepers go in rookie drafts. And the other thing to keep in mind with Johnson is you know he basically did it. Um, he did it all four years, but the last two um, they had, and I'm going to forget the dude the dude's name, Rashad Bateman, I want to say was his name, uh, the younger cat uh, that is still at Minnesota. He was crushing it too. So you have you you had Tyler Johnson continue to put up. Uh, awesome numbers when there was, you know, uh, like a second team, all big 10 guy on the other side of him. So there, I think there's something to be said for that. And the fact of where he's going to be going now uh, in, uh, in rookie drafts to me suggests, and there's, and there's no more workouts. There's not, you know, we're not really going to hear uh, any more pre-draft buzz. So landing spot will be huge for him and, and that could pay off huge. Uh, so who's the bust again? Just so I have it down. KJ Hamler. From Penn State. Chandler, Penn State. Yeah. Writing it down here. I'm not a fan. You know, I, as Packers fans, I see a lot of um, mock drafts mocking Hamler or Jalen Rieger to the Packers, and I'm like, man, I hope that doesn't yeah. happen. I don't, I, don't, I don't really care for either one of those <laughs> so, guys. It's so funny when you get mock drafts when they target specific players, and it's just like, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. a little something. Uh, but, a little extreme. Well, listen. Hey, you got to fill an hour. <laughs> Unlike this show, where we easily fill, we could fill yeah, four well, hours. Well, yeah, that's the problem, and uh, and, and, and the, the good solution. part about it. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, our solution tonight was clearly bringing on uh, Paul Lee to talk dynasty fantasy football. Paul, I certainly appreciate you hopping on. Congratulations on on your success. Good luck defending the belt in uh, 500 number 18 this year, and, and I hope you enjoy all, all your leagues this uh, this summer. And good luck in all of them. Thanks for hopping on, man. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Paul Lee, ladies and gentlemen, the FFPC 500 number 18 Dynasty League champ from 2019. Uh, Kern Reeve popping in in the chat. 
who is your top dynasty rookie tight end, David? No, read, no, read off my answer. Dave says the dude with the big long name, uh, and then the Stanford guy. So, so <laughs> there you go. You know what? Two years from now, let's look back on this podcast and we'll be like, "Holy crap! It was the dude with the long name, and then the Stanford guy are both great." Um, I'm trying to figure out. God, I, I can't even. I can't even. Find, where did he go? The the guy with the long last name that was Albert something. Was he Missouri? Or is Missouri? I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. Albert Aquaben... No. Aquabonum. Aquavelva. Aquabonum. 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 Albert Aquabonum. Okay, so that's... So you're saying him. I don't know the Stanford tight end, though. Does Stanford always have a good tight end? First of all, I can say that... You know, that's actually a good point, because I can say it every year. Right. It's like... Half the years I'd be like, oh yeah, the Stanford guy. He's they had good. Hooper and, um, um, oh maybe it was just Hooper. No, I uh, think about it. No, it was uh, the white dude from uh, Kobe Fleener. Yeah, Fleener. Fleener I mean, he, yeah. Granted, he didn't turn out good, but whatever. I mean, it wasn't. Alex Smith also went there as well. Give me a second. Oh, I'll... Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz was a Stanford guy. Yeah, holy crap! All these, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Hang on, I'll I'll find him. I gotta I gotta look it up quick. Okay. All right, you do that. Um. Okay, so for me, I don't. Here's the. Well, yeah, you know who else I kind of like, and he had a horrible 2019, but he could have been a first round pick last year. Is Jared Pinkney out of Vanderbilt? I, I think he's. You know, he obviously didn't have the greatest of combines, and he underwhelmed last year. But I think that guy um, is is going to be going way too late in draft. Colby Parkinson. Ah, uh, there you go. I presume. So you like him or Aquaba Bugabunum? Yeah, Aquavelva or Colby. Aquavelva, yeah. Parkinson, Troutman, Parkinson. What, who's Troutman? Troutman is a guy from... Troutman, he was actually uh, Rambo's uh, drill sergeant, I think, in, in First Blood. Uh, yeah, well, that's different Troutman. Um, no, he was a Mac guy, I think. Uh, played in, like, Toledo or Dayton or something. Uh, Dayton, Adam Troutman. Played at uh, Dayton. Had a pretty successful 2019 uh, season last year. He's all right. Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, the big O. And uh, say he's my number one dynasty tight end, but I don't, Dave. I'll, I'll tell you this right now: with this receiver class and the running backs, I'm going to be focusing all my late round picks on those positions, and I'm kind of ignoring tight end. Yeah, I'm probably, you know, I'll, I'll look at it if it's late enough. I also might, I might look at Tua if he gets falls a little bit at quarterback. Uh. <laughs> what? Who's you it? know, you were the person who was complained to me about having to draft Lamar Jackson, I think, a couple right. of years ago. Yeah, and then you, you snagged him on me in whatever league it was, Carrington or something, Car- and you still have him. I have him in another dynasty league, too. Yeah, Gridiron. I think the two leagues, the, the leagues. No, are- I don't. Oh, yeah, I do have him in Gridiron. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Well, that wasn't that was a dispersal. I'm not draft, saying, though. by the way, I'm, yeah, you're right, and I'm not saying you took him because only I was telling. No, him. I drafted him. That's right. I just so I I, I got the pick in the dispersal draft, and then and I drafted, drafted Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that was like the early second. I think you took him. It was actually a yeah. pretty, it was a nice value pick. Yeah. Okay, so here's my problem with quarterbacks. Number one, I always feel like I have too many of them, even though I usually only carry one. Uh, but I I just I I got burned by drafting Johnny Manziel everywhere in like the second and third rounds of, of rookie drafts uh, when he was coming in the NFL and obviously he never materialized. And that was like after years of arm twisting of, Hey, you should take a quarterback. You should take a quarterback. You should take, you know, and I, and I fought it. And then finally I relented and I took Manziel everywhere and he was terrible, <laughs> which sucked. And then the, I don't even know how I got back on the horse to draft Lamar Jackson uh, in those leagues, but it worked out. I just, I don't know. I'm not for rookie drafts like that. I just, I, I want the, I want the, um, 
the mystery box. I want the guys that could take me to the top at running back or receiver. I, it always seems like I can find a quarterback off the waiver wire when I need it. Yes, I'm sure you can find a quarterback off the waiver yeah. wire. Yeah, well, that's all I need. I just need one for the bye week when Lamar Jackson's not playing. Hey, man, at least you got Ronald Jones on your team instead of drafting a top quarterback. Yeah, well, <laughs> just kidding. who, who was it. in that draft? Was that the Lamar Jackson draft? I got to tell you. All right, I'm going to tell, tell you about one of my dynasty leagues, about, and I'm not going to break it up. I'm going to say this. I, in, in that one league, I, have, I had Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, and Kyler Murray I drafted last year. I had all four of those guys. I ended up trading away Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I, got under, I didn't even get the proper value for either of them. But I still have Murray and Dak Prescott, and it made my team way better because everyone else undervalued quarterbacks. It made yeah. a huge difference. No. I can't, get, if you stack them, it can't happen. Yeah. It can't work. All right. One other thing I want to get to before we look at the, how the tight ends finished, uh, Dave. Um, oh, are we still doing this year in review? Crap? Yeah, we are. It's this last, this last one. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, Is, does your wife have coronavirus? No, no, she has texted me. Though. No, there's no, I'm, <laughs> the issue's over. Or it will be when I get home. Um, <laughs> that sounds terrible, by the way, but it's, it's all good. Okay, so the athletics, um, Jeff Howe. This is behind a paywall because they're behind a paywall. No, they're not. For, oh, they're um, not? It started, I don't know, like two weeks ago for 90 days, everything's free on the athletic. <laughs> by the way, we didn't even talk about NFL Game Pass being free. Did you see that's free as well? Uh, first of all, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and second of all, No. All right, so NFL Game Pass basically unlocks any game, uh, you know, fast games, full games, highlights. But are you aware that there's no games right now? Right. But what what I'm, do I give a but, shit? But what I'm saying is you can watch all these classic games. For, okay, so for instance. I'm, I watch, kid, I'm kidding. But okay, you know what I, okay, so like the Packers-Steelers Super Bowl from 2010. I watched that in like two hours the other night. Oh, my God. So I can awesome. actually watch a former game from like 10 years yeah, ago? Yeah, well, okay. It's, I think it's cool. I, and, and it's normally it's that is... It's <laughs> normally you have to pay for this? Normally I have to pay for it. You don't I have to pay you for it YouTube right now. It. Well, they can't YouTube all the good stuff. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could, you, honestly, you could go on YouTube and then like watch the three and a half hour marathon. But with this, it's like... And you could watch it in like 40 minutes, too. Yeah, I was watching push-ups games. last night, so anything's better. All right, so in any event, so The Athletic, which you can read for free right now, Jeff Howe's report, says that barring unforeseen circumstances, Jarrett Stidham appears to have the inside track on the Patriots' starting quarterback job. Brian Hoyer, who just signed his, I don't know, 15th or 16th contract with New England, only signed for just over a million dollars and uh, allegedly was told that he will compete for the job um, but I, I don't think there's any secret out there about Brian Hoyer. We, we know who he is. Uh, he's 34 years old and can come in and manage the game, but he's not going to win you a game, clearly. Stidham, uh, while he was at Auburn, could have been the number one overall pick, uh, according to many pundits out there. But Why wasn't he? Well, he played, Dave, and people said, oh, I don't like that about him, I don't like that about him, I don't like this about but him. He played. He played. Then he, um, he ended up transferring... Um, did he transfer from Baylor to Auburn? That's what it was. And uh, it, it looks like it's going to be Stidham and Hoyer uh, as the top two quarterbacks in New England. He was the 133rd overall selection in 2019, and it doesn't appear that New England has any interest right now in trading for Andy Dalton or signing Cam Newton to one of those Belichick um, vin- vintage one-year contracts. So you look <laughs> you, you at – You can't get quarterbacks so you can get receivers. Right, yeah. So you look at the New England situation, Dave. Um, outside of Julian Edelman, do you like anybody here? 
and I'm including the running backs here. Yeah, James White. You I, still like James White? Yeah, I love James White. I drafted him on Wednesday. So hey, okay, let's just, let's let's put rose colored glasses on with Stidham, right? You dra- you bring in Hoyer, who knows yeah. the system. Yeah. Just whatever the Perkins system that they talk about. Stidham's had a, he's had a year in the system. Belichick's are uh, not even arguably the best coach of all time. He is the best coach of all time. Yeah. And Hoyer, I mean, he, they bring him in like we're going to pay him a million dollars, and you're going to coach up this kid, and we'll see what happens. Now they, you know, uh, you know, Wasp guy just brought up that they're going to draft a quarterback, and they probably will. Maybe they will. But if they don't draft someone early, um, you know, I think that they're going to the team is going to do everything possible. And he, you know, Matt, Ca- you know, Castle is in there for that year, and he did fine. I think good coaching, you know, is is really important. And I think that they can they could have. They can have productive fantasy players without Tom Brady, clearly. Uh, Kaz wants to know in the chat, would Bill Belichick tank for Trevor Lawrence, uh, who, sh- who might be the number one overall pick coming out of Clemson in 2021? I, I, don't, I don't think it's in Belichick's DNA to tank. He's I, like, I don't, I don't, that line from Armageddon, Ben Affleck's talking about Bruce Willis, is like, he'll take care of it. Harry doesn't know how to fail. I, he, I, yeah, he just, <laughs> he's, not, he's not able to, to do that, I don't think. I, yeah. I, don't think it's, I just don't think he's able to do that. I think um, – Well, how does – I mean, because then you have to – you know, because he always preps and puts in the game plan every week. How do you put in the game plan to suck enough to just not quite get there? <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, you just – he can't – I don't think he can do well, that. Well, and you look at the other things that – I mean, they, they could have easily let Matthew Slater go in free agency. They re-upped him, and he's a special teams guy, Dave. You know, it's just they're, – they're making these signings that appear to be ones that a team that feels like they're contending would make. They are. And, and here's the other thing. I think Brady and Belichick both are on FU tours this year. Yeah. And they both want to show everybody that it was me. That it was me. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, not, yeah, exactly. That Brady could do it without Belichick. Belichick could do it without Brady. As much as those guys have won over the years, I think that um, this is the next challenge for him. You know what I think the best thing ever would be? Is if they both went 4-12. and 12. Now, You <laughs> know what? You both, you know what? You both blew it. All right. You should have just stayed together. Yeah. All right, so that could be the best ever. What if they both go 12-4 and four and meet in the Super Bowl? That would also be quite excellent. <laughs> you know, as I've said before, as long as we have a season, I don't care who Right, yeah, who, yeah, exactly. I'm with you on that. All right, let's talk about how the tight ends finished, Dave, in, uh, in 2019. Oh, at least we saved this great part till the end. You have, exactly. You have uh, the list in front of you there. Yep, that's it. Okay, now unfur- – was that really it? No, that was, oh, the, that was that the other was thing. early part of the I show. I got the list right below, right nice. below here. All right, so I don't want to talk about everybody on this list, but I do want to highlight a few. And the first one I want to highlight is the number two tight end in FFPC scoring last year, Darren Waller out of the Las Vegas Raiders. He was a guy that we actually had touted on this show as a guy who could break out last year, and break out he did. But, Dave, we don't know. There's a little bit of quarterback uncertainty now. We don't know if it's going to be Carr or how long it's going to be Carr. If Mariota comes in, they go out and sign Jason Witten. Um, they go out and sign um, Nelson Aguilar, and you got to believe that they're going to be drafting a receiver too uh, early. So I'm just curious to to hear from you, and before I tell you where Darren Waller is going, is he a top three tight end again in 2020, in your opinion? Oh, top three. I think he's got a possibility. I think that. Uh... No, barring anything else, I think he should be top five or six. He is right now going as the tight end five. Um, obviously behind the Kittle, big three. Ertz, yeah, yeah, yeah Kittle, Ertz, Kelsey, Mark Andrews is going ahead of him. Darren Waller is actually going 
at the uh, 408, and he's kind of in an area by himself because Ertz goes essentially around before him, and then Hunter Henry's going well over around after him. And to be clear, if you know, two things. He only outscored Kittle and Ertz by about eight points. So if there, if there was like a you know, nine-yard touchdown that he somehow didn't catch, then he would have been the fourth tight end. And then Mark Andrews finished fifth, and he got rid of uh, the red-haired albatross Hayden Hurst. Who, <laughs> he has red hair? I didn't know that. Yeah. He, I, 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 think, no I, think, I think I tan better than Hayden Hurst. <laughs> I got to look so up a picture he, of him. He skipped, he skipped town. He, looks, he should have been on Game of Thrones with his, you know, his red hair. He should have been one of those wildlings. Yeah. So Hurst skipped town. So, I mean, that's good for Mark Oh, Andrews. yeah, he does look like a wildling. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah, right? Yeah. He looks like a 35-year-old wildling. <laughs> and he's only 27, yeah, probably. He's, I've got a thicker hairline than he does. Yeah, so, I mean, so, you have, I mean, so you have some upside arguments for Andrews. And, you know, Lamar Jackson's only getting better as a passer. He's still a young QB. Uh, so I, I think there's an argument to be made for Waller dropping to fifth. Although you could also make the argument Goddard's going to impact Ertz even even more, and that you know Waller should, he's still definitely in the mix. Those those guys I I think are definitely the top top ones right there. Okay, so let's talk about Ertz because he finished um, fourth last year, and I saw this on Twitter. Um, oh, the other thing I was I was going to bring up just real briefly when we we're talking about Stidham, there's an article on NFL.com. Bit, like it wasn't called the case for Jarrett Stidham. But it was, a, it was like one of those articles where they talk about a bunch of topics, and that was one of the topics in there. And the writer, he's like, before we write off Stidham and say what a stupid decision this is, here are the facts that we know about Stidham. Yeah. And actually, I was like, oh, this actually sounds a lot like what Belichick, what, what somebody, or something that Bill Belichick would do. All right, moving back to this. So Zach Ertz, a lot of people say, oh, the end is nigh for Ertz <laughs> uh, because it's, it's going to be the Goddard season. So, but I look at this, Dave, and, and this is the, the tweet that I saw. It actually might have been somebody on the FFPC's timeline talking about how I feel like every year people are saying that, you know, this is the year that Ertz falls off the cliff. And every year he's getting 100 plus targets and, you know, finishing in the top three or four tight ends. I the two Kentucky drafts I've done this year. I've ended up with Ertz as tight end in both of them. And I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, he's trying, you know, he falls a little bit because of that narrative. And, he, you know, the, the thing last year, people are saying he's not going to do as good as he did the year before. And he didn't, but he did pretty darn well. He wasn't as efficient, but he got more balls. He was very, he was impactful. I mean, he, he had a good season. And if you had it, Ertz, now if you draft him in the first round or early second round in FFPC, it probably didn't work out great for you, but he wasn't terrible. I mean, you could have done a lot worse than yeah. those picks. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of bust picks in those ranges, and that Ertz, did, Ertz was definitely not a bust. That's true. That's absolutely true. Moving on to the number seven tight end. I can't believe it. Uh, because he didn't do much for most of the season, but he really came on like gangbusters. In fact, a lot of the uh, champions we had on in January and February on this show had this guy in their starting lineup during the um, the uh, championship round, and that was Tyler Higby for the Rams, a uh, guy who was playing behind Everett um, despite getting the big deal. Uh, the Rams extended him, uh, and he got the bigger deal between him and Everett, and Everett was outproducing him until – I don't know, halfway through the season, two-thirds of the way through the season, it, Higby really came on. He was tight end seven last year, Dave, uh, which really surprised me. This year, FFPC drafters are taking him as tight end eight in the, in the middle of the six. Too early? Or does that make sense? It makes sense because people look at the last eight games. That's always the thing, right? Oh, last eight games, how do you do? 
And he was dominant. I mean, he was crushing it. I mean, almost all the half million dollar winners. I, well, not, yep. we had so many, but you know, the, you know, the, the one half million dollar winner. But I mean, the two hundred fifty thousand dollar football guys winner. I mean, they both had Higby, if I recall correctly. Uh, Austin Martin won the five hundred grand in the playoff challenge. He did not have Higby because the Rams are not in the playoffs. That is true. I'm not so, not, not referring to the playoffs, but yes. Right. Um, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, Higby was on uh, Mike Paraka's uh, roster. Then, um, I can't remember if Abib had him or not. Abib Agbatova, who won the football guys. Sp- I don't think he did. Of, speaking of late surges, Jared Cook, who was right below him, I actually picked Cook up in Carrington as a waiver cut. Somebody cut yeah. him and uh, ended up starting him in a few spots, although I had Andrews as well. Uh, and he did really well later in the season, too. He just kind of started slowly with Breeze, and Breeze was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like throwing the tight ends. Yeah. And he started throwing the tight ends like crazy, and Cook did really well. Do you think that continues with Emmanuel Sanders there? We haven't really talked about that, the Emmanuel Sanders to New Orleans signing. I think so. I think. I mean, I, I think that Cook is going to still have a pretty good season. Cook, Breeze loves throwing 12-yard passes. So is Sanders a bust then? Um, I don't necessarily think he's a bust. I think he could actually impact Michael. He's not Michael going Th- early, I'll tell you he that. He could impact Michael Thomas, actually, in a negative fashion. Uh, 10-0-4. That's kind of early for Sanders. I mean, with and, and Kamara's there, too. Don't forget about him. I think you got to be a little bit cautious with how many passes Michael Thomas gets gets thrown. I mean, because he, yeah, he was really, at he was an massive, insane massive, rate massive, massive last year. year. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I, I can I can get behind that. Um, okay, moving on here. Number four on this list. Uh, we finished 13th last year. He is a Seattle Seahawk now. No longer catching passes from uh, Cam Newton in Carolina. It's going to be Russell Wilson. He's catching passes from in Seattle, and that's Greg Olson, a guy who's dealt with a lot of foot injuries, uh, fought his way to a 13th place finish among the FFPC tight ends last year. Does he have anything left uh, in, in, in his career, Dave, or at this point is he just kind of out there for show and, and Lockett and Metcalf are going to do the heavy lifting? Greg Olson. Greg Olson. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, where is he being drafted? <laughs> Not high. <laughs> he is being ah twelve oh three is tight end twenty two. I mean that's I guess there is a little bit of value there. You know I, I look at but here's I just, think I look at the volume of of Wilson. I think I'm gonna have to bail on Greg Olson. He's I'll have t- too many two for twenty two weeks. Yeah, totally. Um, I'll tell you this. Um, Irv Smith is going right after him. I think I'd rather have Irv Smith, even though he's sort of in a timeshare with Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota. I don't know if I'd rather have Chris Herndon than Greg Olson. That's a uh, horse apiece. But Herndon's not even a start. Yeah, who is the starter there? Griffin? Oh, Ryan Griffin, yeah. Well, um, and Herndon's got, he's got all sorts of issues going on, whether it's drugs or car accidents. I don't know. Who knows how long what's going on? <laughs> right. He yeah, missed a whole season for crying out loud. Right. Um, the two tight ends are, that are going after those guys that I really love both these guys this year – Dawson Knox and Jay Sternberger. I think both those guys are primed, and I take both those guys in a heartbeat over any of those other four. Absolutely, and, and both have – that's the difference, right? You have, you have a, a floor, but then you also have a huge upside. Who was it? There was someone on Twitter today that was talking about – it was some dynasty account or something. It was a Twitter account. They said he compared Dawson Knox – there was a number of similarities between Dawson Knox and Mark Andrews. Uh, oh, really? did last year. Interesting. Uh, they're, they're, they're similar seasons. Yeah. And including speed score and other stuff like that. So I think that that's interesting. I love Dawson Knox. Love him. Uh, yeah, I do too. Uh, maybe not as much as you do, apparently. Kern Reeve wants to know, uh, Dawson Knox, a dynasty future star or no? Uh, I don't think he's a future star. I think he's definitely a, a, in his prime. He's going to be like a top eight, top nine tight end. Um, but your thoughts on, on his stardom, his potential stardom? Well, a top eight, top nine, that's pretty good. 
in his prime. I don't think he's going to hold that for that long. <laughs> I mean, that those his, I don't know. I to mean, me, Dave, those are his best seasons. I don't think he's ever going to be a top five guy. I'll put it right, that so way. You're giving him a peak career of like a Kyle Rudolph. That's kind of like yeah. Rudolph, right? Yeah. Rudolph had like an eight, nine. Yeah, I think that's what I'm and saying. And then took a, took a crap after that. Yeah. I think, um, I, think, I think Knox is better than that. He, I mean, he had a really good year. Where was he drafted? Like third, what? fourth, or fourth round, I think. Right, I'm going to look it up right now. But he, had, he, had a, he was actually, a, I know Rotoviz has their tight end model, and Knox was one of the guys that was a, a possible you know, success story last year uh, for a number of reasons. And he, you watch Knox play, and he does. Oh, he shares a birthday with my wife. Nice. And my mother-in-law. At times, he he does look like a man among boys, and they didn't have a they didn't have a lot. I mean, Josh Allen's not the most accurate passer, but he would make plays out there. He'd catch like a twenty thirty yard pass, and be like, he would take guys and like toss like safeties into the stands. It seemed like yeah. I mean, the guy was like a monster out there. I'm he, telling you, I lo- Dawson Knox. You watch him play; he's kicking everybody's ass all over the place. He uh, he turns twenty four later this year, so he's still super young. Um, he was actually the final pick of day two. He was the last pick of the third round in 2019 last year, Dave. Yeah. So, you yeah. Should, I should, I'm actually curious. I'm, after the show, I might look up YouTube Dawson Knox highlights from last year and just did, did watching him just wreck people. It's great. Yeah. He, he, like, he's, a, he's like a violent – he's almost like Kelsey sometimes where Kelsey just like catches a pass 15 yards down and then gets pissed off. And he starts pushing people around. He uh, actually, against the Bengals last year, uh, the game he caught his first touchdown in um, – the game-winning drive that Frank Gore ended up capping on a touchdown run, it was set up by a 49-yard catch by Knox where he ran over over two Bengals defenders <laughs> to set oh, up the that's touchdown. Great. That's great. He had three for 67 a touch. He finished last year 50 targets, 28 of them he caught for 388 yards and two touchdowns. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, It's funny, though, as a rookie, that's, that's, those are such shoddy numbers, but for a tight end, that's, like, excellent. If you were – if he was in this year's – um, rookie draft, Dave, where would you take him? I'll tell you this. He'd be my number one tight end. <laughs> There's no question there. Absolutely. You know, if, yeah, if, you, if let's say someone cut him, right, and this does happen right. in FFPC a lot. Ah, oh, man, I mean, it's so tough because you have so – this is a deep draft. You have so many good running backs and receivers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, late first, early second with tight end premium. Kern is saying late third or early fourth. I'm sort of in the middle. I, th- I think I would look at him in the, in the mid-second. I, yeah. Um, late second. I, Definitely higher than that. Okay. All right. Myself. Yeah. I just, I think for me, you explained why I wouldn't with all the receivers and, and the running backs. But I mean, this is FFPC. The leagues we play are not tight end premium generally. I get, and that's, I'm saying in a tight end premium league, I still don't think I could to take, well, and I guess I, you know, tight end premiums, I'm still deflating tight ends a little bit, but I think mid second is, is solid. Mid second solid. Maybe I'm a little, maybe I was a little high on it, but I mean, if you have the shot, and now you disagree, but I mean, if he's the next, even the next Austin Hooper, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's worth a lot. That I mean, is worth he, a lot. And if, what if he's the next, you know, Gronky or Kittle or Kelsey? There has to be a next one of those. They do come around. Yeah, once a generation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Generational uh, talents, even though there's three or four in the NFL right now. Okay, maybe we're, what about the next George Kittle, uh, fellow Iowa Hawkeye grad that we're going to talk about here? Noah Fant finished at uh, 16. He's another breakout guy this year that I like quite a bit, catching balls from Drew Locke. Yeah, I'm, yeah I agree. Um, he, I, I think he's definitely – I think uh, Hawkinson, I, in my opinion, if you own Hawkinson and I own him in one league, I think he's a 
possible Boston I would try and deal him if I could. You don't like Hawkinson, huh? No, I do not. I think he's. I mean, I think if you kind of semi bust in the first year, dump him as much as you can. He had one good game as a rookie. That's his first game. I tried offering Hawkinson and like a three twelve for fans. I was a little embarrassed at offering, yeah. but I threw it out there, and then the guys in the client up. Yeah. But I would even offer like I would, I would offer Hawkinson. This is a non non not non tight end premium. I would offer Hawkinson and the two twelve for uh, for fans. Myself. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny as I own Hawkinson and Carrington. Um, so I could make that. And Freaks of the Industry, I think, owns Fant. Uh, we have a good trading history. Uh, so maybe I can there make that happen. I, in, in Carrington, I have four tight ends. I have, um, I think I have Higby in that league. Nice. Greg Olson, uh, Hawkinson, and OJ Howard. It is a. That's interesting, though. It, it's like a rock band. You know, <laughs> there's like the, the, the hot lead singer and Tyler Higby. You have the, the weird-ass drummer and O.J. Howard. Um, you have uh, Hawkinson. Who's, no, Hawkinson would be the drummer. O.J. Howard would be the bass guy because he's sort of there. but He's, he's just there, but it doesn't really no, matter. He's, he doesn't really do anything. And then you have uh, Greg Olson, who's the rock star lead guitarist. So. <laughs> but but he should be put out to pasture. Yeah, but he's, yeah, yeah, he's, 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 he, he was hitting drugs yeah, too hard yeah, on he, the tour. He, he screws up the solos all the time. Right. And you just can't – okay. You're not doing any more eight-minute solos anymore in this song. You, you have to Actually, kinda... no. Here's, here's what it is. You saw Almost Famous, right? Yeah. So Olsen, a, would be, a lot of time. Olsen would be the lead singer, and Higby would be the lead guitarist that's, like, catching too much attention, and Olsen's <laughs> kind of getting pissed off, you know? Yeah. Because he's, like, he's getting and, – and we'll call the band the tight end or something yeah. like that. He's the David Lee Roth of the, of the group. Uh, he's getting longer call, to – Call it uh, Owning the Seam is, <laughs> is their debut album. The thing All that's right. funny about Greg Olsen is that guy could – I think Greg Olson will be a better announcer than he is currently a tight end. I mean, like, he's the opposite. He's a good announcer. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. very talented. Um, did you see, uh, maybe you even tweeted this, Tony Romo calling Tony Romo plays? Like, somebody hooked up Tony Romo doing play-by-play to, like, and then they... I don't know that I did. Uh, it was pretty good. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, like, almost getting sacked, and Romo's, like, doing the replay. He's like, ah, oh, he's like, here's his reaction. He's like, you got to get rid of the ball right here, and he just can't do it. Like, you know, because he's obviously not talking about himself. Right, this yeah. was yeah, a dub. It was very good. That's actually really good. Um, all right, final tight end I want to talk about, and the only reason I bring it up was because Tom Brady, for much of his career in New England, utilized um, the tight ends and had two successful ones there in uh, Gronk and Hernandez. Could we see maybe a Gronk and Hernandez light version of O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait? Uh, given uh, Brady's, you know, I know he still has got the arm to throw it deep, but he, if he doesn't have to and he can just work Brady and Howard underneath, why wouldn't he do that? Uh, because he has, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I just don't see it as, as, as something that, although if they don't, you know, the team has been talking, speaking to Ronald Jones, their team has been talking about drafting a pass catching back. They said that mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. And uh, if they don't draft anyone like that, though, uh, they might lack that ability, so maybe they will start targeting tight ends a little bit more than, than otherwise. Cameron Brait, tight end 34, going in the 20th round of FFPC best balls. It's not quite num, 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 but it's close. Uh, and that's where we're going to leave it tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Don't Football Don't forget number hour. 29, uh, Eric Ebron, who's going to be a tight end six, actually. Yeah, did you see the news on him today? No, what was that? He's saying that if the he's 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 um he's not fully recovered from his ankle injury. Ah, what a he's, chip! I should have should have gotten that ten to one. He said huh, I might have to just do it to be a good sport uh, on it. Um, Eric Ebron, I'm loading this up right now. I just read this. He said he's not a hundred percent following his ankle operation, which he had late last season. This is after week twelve 
when he went on injured reserve. He said, if the season started today, I don't think I'd be able to 100% perform, but we don't play today, which, I mean, we'll see what happens. We're like five months away from the start of the season. And um, well, maybe we get a COVID shortened season, like a 12 game. Yeah. And, and then, and it's, then I'm going to win. And then it's even better because, <laughs> because it's more time for him to recover. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I still feel good about our bet. Not for you. Um, <laughs> I want to thank uh, Paul <laughs> Lee. feel good for me. Yes. Right. I want to thank Paul Lee, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, each and every one of you uh, for uh, tuning in tonight. We are live next Friday at 10, nine central. We'll be right back here bringing it, kicking it cold, kicking it live. Uh, with uh, another high-stakes fantasy uh, football player uh, as our guest. Got the, uh, I got something in the works on that okay, right now. I think now. we're about four feet away, and I'm not wearing a mask, just so you know. Okay, thank you for the heads up. Uh, check out – check out. All right, next, next time we will. Doug Widener on the high-stakes lowdown, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Check that out as well. Uh, and the Best Ball Slims, the Best Ball Dynasty uh, startups in the main event, all open for registration at myffpc.com. Remember to stay at home, stay safe, uh, and still have a good weekend. I hope you do. The weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. You know, we got this in the studio on Never Say Never Again. It's a Sean Connery Bond movie. Yes. I didn't realize he fought a shark in this movie. Oh, yeah. This is insane. Con- you know, Connery is badass. I'm like that piece of crap, Timothy Dalton. He, um, Timothy Dalton is such a wuss bag. He's the worst Bond. I mean, 1983. People could argue about Roger Moore not being that great, but I liked Roger Moore in a lot of ways. At least he was cheeky. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Dalton was cheeky in um, Hot Fuzz. He was great. Oh, in that's that true. Movie. He was great. I mean, I don't dislike Timothy Dalton in general. Right. I'm just saying his Bond, he wasn't that great. Uh, even Remington Steele was okay. I mean, Pierce Brosnan, yeah. he's a little bit, you know, of a wimp, too. After the Sunset, yeah, I think you said you already saw that. That's a really good Pierce Brosnan yeah. movie. I like Pierce Brosnan also as a person, an actor, and all that stuff. So right. I just didn't like him as much as Bond. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say about um, Bond? Um, Timothy Dalton. I can't remember what it's called, um, but it was a movie starring Colin Farrell and um, Gabriel Macht. Uh, Ali Larder. No, it was they. It was all Which about the good. Jesse James gang, like robbing trains. Oh really? Some some outlaws. I think it was called American Outlaws. All right. And Dalton played the sheriff that was chasing him <laughs> really? across the country. He was pretty good in that that's too. Funny. That was, I feel like I that's funny. That's a Timothy Oliphant it, role. Yeah, it was. It was a. It's a guilty pleasure um, <laughs> uh, type movie. I don't brag about liking it, but it is not bad. Yeah, that's all right. Um, hopefully, everyone brags about liking this show, and you tell all your friends because we love doing it. We'll talk to you next week. Later. That was good.